Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. Michael Godot is juggling for money, that filthy jerk. And we are broadcasting from Show Creators Studio South in Las Vegas. This week, I just got back from doing shows in Austin, Texas, and uh, Penn doing shows in also Las Vegas, Nevada, where he has a theater with his name on it. He'll tell you more about it. Here he is preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Yeah, preaching love. You were in Austin? I was. Who were you with? Brian Brushwood. Oh, is two of you just two of you? Uh, no, it was a, it was a whole uh, group. A comedian, Andrew Heaton, came down. So, so Brian Brushwood mm-hmm. has created like a uh, a thing that we all I think I think we all want, want to do in our younger days. He's created like this basically this artistic commune. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought the seven acres in the outskirts of Austin. And he turned this old house into basically an Airbnb with two podcast studio recordings in it, and then he bulldoze an area of land and put a gigantic warehouse YouTube studio in it, and you can just fly down and stay with him. So for me, I needed to film 20 minutes of my act to submit to- Oh, this was the uh, the, the Hondro knife thing, or Hondro's friend's knife thing. Oh, no, no. This is a okay, different thing. Okay, th- forget about it. No, no, no. That, that's just something I need to- I need to film that to pitch for TV for sure, uh-huh. but this was to pitch uh, uh, Magic Castle. I'll just say it. Mm-hmm. I want to play the Magic Castle. They said, let's look at you first. And I said, I get it. Um... <laughs> And, uh, and and basically, you know, so like, uh, like for, for example, my Foolus clip that's very popular on the YouTube uh, would not be a good trick to do in Magic Castle. Right. Yeah. So I was talking to Brian about it, saying I need to basically hire a crew and, and do a, a friends and family show, and thought it was the most fun thing to do a, a show in front of friends and family. I hate support. friends and family show. <laughs> right. I don't even need the word show at the end. Go ahead. <laughs> and he basically said, well, we're constantly making stuff here. Why don't you just fly here? And we'll shoot it here and we'll turn it into a variety show. And so we'll do an invite only. So listeners of, of Penn Sunday School will note that I snuck in an invite at the end of the credits and Patreon credits in last week's show, ah. knowing that it would greatly reduce. And sure enough, three Penn Sunday School listeners took me up on the offer uh-huh. to, to be in Austin, Texas. And one of them said, like, looked it up on Google Maps and said, this is what a, what a, what a weird theater. I said, well, it's not. <laughs> You're coming to a weird place. Um, and did you? Are those people still in the basement there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they taste delicious. Uh, Texas they're they're good listeners, so eat them slow. <laughs> but it was uh, it was neat because I, I I rolled out of my bedroom and walked into a podcast studio, recorded a bunch of podcasts, and across the way got to be in some of his. He has a YouTube series called Scam Nation, which is uh, you know bar bets and. And that kind of stuff, which secretly, it's magic. It's magic. He didn't want to say it, but it's ma- he's just he's just showing magic tricks to people. Yeah, I just got um, you know my friend uh, Norman Beck. Yeah, uh, has uh, just uh, sent me uh, yet another bar bet, and this one I love. I'm not going to explain it, 
But this one I love because um, it's a bar bet that you do uh, for everyone you meet. Uh-huh. And you win more than you lose, but you don't win every time. So it's over uh, like a hundred times you make, you know, $1,800. Okay. <laughs> it's just so it's, like, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all the work. Yeah. It's all the work that you'd get from working. Yeah. Uh, that goes into so it. So you, uh, you, how many people were in the audience? So there's an invite, uh, crowd of about 50 people mm-hmm. in the, uh, in there, vaxxed and masked. And, um, I did a, uh, about 20 minute hunk of my show mm-hmm. and, um, it was cool. I had done a, a rehearsal. Actually, Teller was very kind. I got to do a rehearsal with Teller, try to figure out some stuff. And uh, he sharpened up a lot of stuff. Um, it came together really nicely. And uh, and uh, our, pens, our pen listeners were genuinely pleased Good. with the whole experience. And uh, uh, was it material that I know? Some material that you know. Uh, baseball. Oh, yeah. Good. And drawing duplication. You help me a lot with baseball. Yeah, you're now doing that really sincere, right? Yes. Good. That's yeah, nice. yeah. I, I, I want to see that like that. Yeah, it pays off nicely that way. I start off really sincere because I did the uh, the the, the uh, water suspension or levitation. The, yeah. And so I do that. Teller was like, you know, you can do that, but just can you do it with just your hand? I said, let's find out. And so we did that. But I connect that to a story of my wife and I really thinking that we saw aliens landing uh, one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do and. I, you haven't seen it yet. I think you would like it. Uh, it's definitely comedic, but because I, I because I do a tr- uh, the rope trick with the big knife, I always wanted to use the knife again. Mm-hmm. So I thought of a card stab, and um, uh, there's, there's so many good ones out there. And Bob Sheets particularly has a really good card stab. Oh yeah, he does. And, and so, uh, but we came came up with a com- comedic premise based on graphology. <laughs> So I talk about how uh, graphology is uh, not the study of graphs, but the study of handwriting. Mm-hmm. And handwritingology is the study of graphs. And um, <laughs> and that I was skeptical of graphology, the interpretation of handwriting. But uh, sure enough, I was at a party with a graphologist. And uh, I wrote my signature down. And just for my signature, he could tell that I was possibly dealing with hypertension and high blood pressure. Wow. Yeah, and just from just from my signature, he was wondering whether or not I was considering options for uh, hair loss. Really? <laughs> and when I do that, I point really close and let, let my back of my head go to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then I, I have them sign the card, but not the face of a card, but the back of a card. And then uh, put them all out face up. I blindfold myself with four sheets of tinfoil. <laughs> and I have them do that or whatever. And then uh, I realize that uh, the audience can't see all the cards on top of the table. So I put my hands on the table and tilt it forward <laughs> with the tinfoil on my face uh-huh. so I can't see all the, a lot of the cards just tumbling to the floor. <laughs> and then using the power of graphology, I signed their name with a knife and then dropped the knife uh, onto a card with their name on it. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's a good bit. It's a, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. So that's the, that was the big hunk. Well, you know, the, um, the uh, incredibly uh, funny named... Uh, Ricardo Rosenbaum? Ricardo Rosencrantz. Rosencrantz. Ricardo Rosencrantz. Yeah. Funny name. Yes. Um, He's getting a theater in Chicago. Yeah. Well, he's talking about Hondro playing there. We talked about this. Yes. And Hondro uh, with uh, being ESL. Yeah. He can play there because Hondro 
from people I know who speak Spanish very well, like my tutor, mm -hmm. said, yes, Spaniards talk fast. Mm -hmm. Spaniards do not talk as fast as Hondro. Right. There yeah. is not faster than Hondro. He talks fast for a Spaniard. Yeah. And he also is well known in the magic community for alibying. I mean, he can come out without a trick and make it into a trick by just talking. Yeah. He's really fast and he's really funny. And he's afraid that working in a second language in Chicago, yeah. uh, uh, he has that taken away from him. Yeah. His tricks can't use what he's strongest at. Right? Yeah. But so we're talking, we talk 90 minutes a week. We talk almost exclusively in Spanish, but usually take about six minutes for stuff that's too complicated. We're talking about new tricks and stuff. So he was, he was running down the beats of a new trick he's working on. I was telling him, because you know, Hondro's coming out in November for 10 days to just write with us. Oh, really? Yeah. He's coming out from Spain. Holy um, shit. That'll be a great, great rehearsal. Yeah. Great time. We're going to. We're going to try to put together tricks for the new season to fool us, all with Hondro. Do you need a uh, coffee guy? Do you need someone to... Yeah, we might. We might. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but, so I had this really incredible moment, right, where he said, uh, I won't try to do Hondro impersonation, although I'm very tempted, you know. <laughs> I said, no, I went to play Chicago, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, Hondro, they won't even understand you saying the name of the town. <laughs> would, you, would you say going to Chicago... I can't even, uh, I, 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 it's hard to even understand it. Yeah. And then Hondra went, going to Chicago. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my skin crawled. Yeah. It was the creepiest thing, because for some reason, Hondro nailed it. Just can do an American accent if needed. Perfect. Going to Chicago, including the weird in the middle of Chicago. Yeah. Which is kind of an American sound. Very. Yeah. It's not, you know, the, it's a Chicago. And he just went going to Chicago. And all of a sudden I heard what Hondra would sound like if he were American. <laughs> it was, and he could never hit it again. Oh, funny. Never hit it again. We tried like another 10 times. Chicago yeah. never hit it again. But that once it was just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Um, and then he wrote me and said, uh, I'll never say Massachusetts. <laughs> but Chicago is, a, I believe, a real American-sounding yes. word. Yes. Yeah, yeah, American yeah. American-sounding word. Yeah. And I said to him, as a matter of fact, you know, you should have Matt open for you. You did? Yeah, I did. When you're playing there. Does he listen to this show? <laughs> I don't know. I would love to open for him. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and I can tell you that I gladly will help you with any hurdles no offense to Ricardo Rosencrantz, uh -huh. but if you want to make sure that you're funny in English, <laughs> I'm there for you. Well, uh, well, Ricardo is not funny in English. <laughs> I don't believe there's a, maybe Tagalog, but I don't believe there's a language that Ricardo's funny in. But I'll tell you, as a doctor, yeah, as a magician, yeah, very, very good, yeah, comedian, maybe not his strongest suit. And Hondro, if you want to also give me pointers. I'm open to this mutually beneficial relationship. <laughs> <laughs> We're both bringing stuff to the table. <laughs> oh, he, he told me, I told you about the, uh, yeah. uh, the joke he does with the lie detector, right? No. Oh, I think, I think people can understand this, right? Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell it because it is just the perfect joke. 
he does this thing where magicians are liars. Juan Tamaris, liar. Penn and Teller, liar. He lists all these people that are liars. Yeah. And he said, the reason magicians are such terrible liars is there's no consequence to lying. They, there's no consequence. They just lie and they get away with it. So I want to stop myself from lying. So there's going to be a consequence. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's short of hair, as they say. Yes. And he puts two discs on his head that run to wires. Then he has a table set up that's covered with cute kittens. Now, they're not real kittens, but they're still very cute. Yeah. And he says that they all have explosive devices underneath them. And that every time he lies, one of the kittens will blow up. <laughs> so then he says, now I'm going to do a card trick for you. Right? And he says, I'll do a card trick for you. I'm very happy to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I have a perfectly ordinary deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have someone pick a card at random. <laughs> so I'm going to riffle down the deck and wherever you say stop, I'll stop. <laughs> they say stop, right? Yeah. He, uh, he says, okay, now and I'm going to, I'm going to translate this because he uses metric. He says, he says, okay, just show that card around to everybody while I stand here waiting with my nine inch dick. And everyone waits for the, and there isn't one. He just stands there and then gives a little smile and a yeah. shrug. So it's with my nine inch dick. And he gets a big laugh, of course, on dick. And then a huge laugh on no explosion. And then, you know, he, he goes through the whole thing and says, oh, no, I've lost your card in the deck. I have no idea what it was. I've screwed up the trick, and he tips the thing forward, and the explosion is spelled out the card. Oh, that's brilliant. Just perfect. But that joke of having the whole emphasis yes. on the not having an explosion, yes, that's the biggest laugh in the bit. Of course. is just great. Yeah. Really, really nice. That's very so, funny. But I told him he did that in Chicago. Yeah. He could not say whatever he said. 24 millimeter centimeter, centimeter dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't say that. No. So I had to say I have to go to nine inches or eight inches, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But no explosion. He's he's a funny guy. He's funny. That's great. We talked, I'm still reading this um, uh, Mike Collins book, Carrying the Fire. Oh, do I love it. Oh, do I love it. And Mike Collins is by the numbers, good guy. Mm -hmm. Straight American. Yeah. Loved my wife, loved my kids, loved the American space program. Boom, boom. Clean cut. Boom. And then just out of the blue, he has this paragraph that is so great. I will read it to you when I finish the book. I'll pull the highlights out and I'll read it. But it's such a great book. He goes, and we're weightless. And you know... You wouldn't need a bra in space. You know, I think about in the future when we have hundreds of female astronauts, they'll all be there just in T-shirts. Then he goes back to landing on the moon. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> Mike Collins just let a little bit of, you know. Just a little daydream. A little daydream. Yeah. Fall out there. But Mike Collins is so great and he makes, uh, you know, he makes all the jokes of, uh, you know, the loneliest man in the world when I was on the dark side of the moon. 
there were, you know, three and a half million people on one side and me on the other. And that was it. Loneliest man in the world. He said, actually, it was just rather peaceful and nice. Oh, man. He said, Mission Control couldn't talk to me. Right. But, you know, he missed the moon landing. I mean, he missed the uh, Neil Armstrong stepping out on the moon. Really? He didn't hear the first words. He didn't know they'd stepped out on the moon. He went behind the dark side for 45 minutes, and that's when the landing happened. Oh. And that's also when they stepped out. So he would come back with the light, and they said to him, uh, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, they, uh, they landed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Good, 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 good. And then, hey, Mike, uh, Neil stepped back out of the moon. Oh, good, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because they, all his relays were going through the Houston, right? Yeah. In no direct connection with him. Man. So it's, uh, it's pretty great. I still think when we talked about last week of like if they had died, that there was a plan for that. Oh, there was a plan. As a matter of fact, uh, Mike Collins makes it pretty clear that um, uh, they were not, this was not a mission that they were sure about. You know, they had just enough fuel to lift off from the moon with no mistakes, one fire. If they'd not had that fire go right, lost. That's. Mandus. Yeah. And he said uh, their chances of staying on the moon were pretty good. They were all, they were all pretty aware of that. And uh, it's also, he just, he, just, he just paints Neil Armstrong as this very just, just, just rock solid guy. You know, just, just rock solid. Yeah. I don't, yeah. But this, uh, I didn't, what I didn't tell when we were talking about it was my nightmare. Oh. And this is a reoccurring nightmare. I've had this like three times, and I cannot tell you, I wake up in a flop sweat and I can't go back to bed. And my dreams, maybe everybody's like this, but I haven't heard people talk about it. My dreams always have backstory. Like I'm always in a situation, but I always know what happened. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Yes. Okay. So you have a whole backstory there. Yeah. So I know that I have finagled my way onto a space launch. <laughs> now, this is before Bezos, and it's before the billionaires in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had this, this dream in a few years. But this is the dream I have. And I used to go to space launches and stuff, which I went and I saw, I saw two or three shuttles take off. Mm-hmm. Amazing experience. I went with Lou Reed once, once with Debbie Harry. Those are good companions for uh, space launches, right? That's great. Yeah. So, uh, the wonderful little vacation, took a little trip with Lou, little trip with Debbie, went to a space launch two different times. Um, when I go to the Smithsonian and I see the capsule, I have to go outside afterwards. I get so freaked oh, I out. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I have this dream. Okay. This is back in shuttle times before billionaire times. And the dream is that somehow I have finagled NASA into thinking that I should go to space. That I should go to space. I finagled them into that, like as a magician, as a comedian, as a writer. I don't know how I've done it, but I've done it. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to be going to space. Yeah. So it's me and like five astronauts, right? And I'm in my full suit, right? And I'm too big to go to space, but I'm still going, right? And I'm carrying my little oxygen thing beside me like they all do yeah and i go in i'm very very excited and there's a lot of 
TV coverage. It's a big deal. And I'm with the astronauts who are my friends and I've trained with them. Once again, all this backstory. Okay. Yeah. And I go in and I'm sitting there and they close the hatch. And uh, this is all dream. And now it's in real time. There's no backstory. And I'm sitting there and they're at like T minus 100. So, you know, whatever. Minute and a half to go. And I realize I, I can't quite straighten my legs. And that my suit is a little bit too tight. And that the air, I'm not getting enough air. And I say to the other astronauts, I, I, I got to get out of here. I got oh, go, no. to get out of here now. And they go, if you scrap the mission, it'll cost millions of dollars. And I go, I, I got to get out. I got to get out now. Now. I got to get out. I got to get out. And they go, you can't. You can't get out. And I go, once I get into space, I can't open a window or anything. I got to get out. I got to get out. And they say, your career will be over. You'll be the most hated person ever. You finagled your way onto this mission, and now you're going to scrub. I got to get out. I got to get out. And I'm flop sweating, and I'm crying, and I'm screaming, and I know that I can't do the Penn and Teller show anymore, and I can't ever go on TV again because the whole world will hate me and it's going to cost millions of dollars and they'll probably sue me and the president's going to yell at me and, <laughs> and all my other astronauts are going to hate me and the rocket's just about to go and I'm screaming to let me out and I can't, nothing seems worse in the world than getting out of it and nothing seems worse in the world than not getting out of it. And I can't figure out a solution oh my God. and I'm screaming, crying. I've never had a nightmare at that level. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I wake up going, I, uh, uh, okay, I'm not in space. Woo. Woo. And then I have to run out. I have to, I have to open a door naked, of course, and run outside. Yeah. And go. That's crazy. And then for a while, I think that I can't, uh, I can't, um, I can't ever uh, uh, have my career anymore. That's so crazy. I mean, I usually have anxiety nightmares that usually involve work and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like nothing can go right. Or I, a lot of times I can't start. Like I'm supposed to start a show and I can't get to, or I'm, or I get to the stage and then they can't, no one will just start it. Right. And I kind of <laughs> go like, who, who, I can't yell at anyone. And I, I, how do I get it going? How do I start it? But, but, but then I also have other physical anxiety nightmares, but I've never had both at the same time. You're having both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> where you can't straighten your legs, you're stuck in a thing. I hate that too. My, I, I'm not claustrophobic in real life, but I'm very claustrophobic in my dream life. There you go, there you go. If I'm in a closed space in my dreams, I'm like, oh God. Um, it's both. And it also has to do with me feeling that uh, I have misused my show business to get something I shouldn't have gotten. Ah. That is the real anxiety, is why would you, you dipshit, and I have this dream, I'm just realizing this, I have this dream after I do like political pundit shows, <laughs> because why the fuck would I be talking about politics? Right. What the fuck gives me the right to do that? Nothing. Right. Total bullshit artist. Sh oh, exactly, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realize that when I said it, but um, you know, it's just awful. Ooh. And I always go, why did you tell people that because you're a magician, you should go to space? 
You should not go to space. You're a magician. You should do a magic show, not go to space. And by the way, in real life, I have no desire to go to space. Right. If Bezos called up and said, wouldn't it be cool to have you on a flight? I'd go, no. No. No, I don't want to. Your whole life? I never want. I, I wanted to go on the vomit comet and yes. get weightless and get naked. Yeah. I wanted to do that. Also, they would never be able to trust me not take my clothes off in zero G. That's true, too. Yeah. No matter how many papers you sign. They were naked floating around. They wouldn't trust me. No. And they shouldn't, because uh, that's something I would lie about. Because you, you've been a very tall person your whole life. Well, no. I was a baby. <laughs> how tall were you at 13? Uh, oh, I was pretty tall. Yeah. You know, probably six one. How often did you run into stuff where you're like, oh, I forgot I'm very tall? Oh, it's horrible. I mean, my son right now has a huge cut across his head. Yeah. Because he ran into a thing. You get, uh, we were talking about me working as a dishwasher at the hospital. Yeah. Those people who design kitchens, yeah. industrial kitchens, uh, they seem to put the hoods for, uh, uh, over the, they'll go over the stoves. Yeah. They have exhaust hoods. Yeah. They put those at 6'4. <laughs> right. Which means if you're a dishwasher yeah. and someone yells to you, and you turn and run, you hit that, go right down, and you're unconscious. Ugh. And I've done that like three times uh -huh. when I was a dishwasher. And it gets a cut right in the, 6-4 is bad, because it puts yeah. you right there, and you go right down, and you're out. Also, he only worked there one week. <laughs> <laughs> Bing, bang, bound. It's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah. Yeah, and I see my son doing it, too. Oh. But then again, last night during the show, Teller ran into a flat and got that right over his eyebrow. Teller will have a black eye tonight at the show. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was bad. He got hurt bad. He ran into a, uh, he was running off stage to change his vest uh, after a new trick. And I think new trick actually is important because we walk the same way all the time. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. we had a place he wasn't sure where he was walking and he banged his head. And I looked at his head and said, that's an injury I get. <laughs> you don't get that injury at 510. No. But we got it. So, uh, yeah, my son has his head cut up. He's got like already two or three cuts. And I have cuts on my head. Oh. You know, when they say what's wrong with you, that's probably what's wrong with me. You know, there's a great story. <laughs> I don't know who told this. Like Wilt Chamberlain yeah. told this, this story that is so funny. It was like one of the Tonight Show couch wraps, mm -hmm. you know, and he was talking about going on an airplane, and uh, the uh, flight attendant said to him, I don't know if it's Will Chamberlain. It's the only basketball guy I can name. Yeah. So I, I won't even pretend. A basketball guy who was famous enough to be on The Tonight Show. Yeah. Uh, he said, and uh, the uh, flight attendant said to him, oh, watch your head, Mr. Chamberlain, which was bothering him because he wasn't Will Chamberlain, someone else. But, <laughs> And he said to her in a really gentle, uh, nice voice, he said, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, honey. But uh, what are you? Five foot six, and I've been this height my whole life. I know enough to bang down. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that too. Oh, I've had someone say, watch your head. And I'm going, I'm well aware I should bang down. And you know, when we go, this, this is... Um, I guess this is real star power, okay? This is real star power. We play theaters on the road, like uh, like uh, Detroit 
Chicago, which Hondro can say mm -hmm. once in a while, Boston, yeah. uh, D.C. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm doing dancing in the streets here with me. Um, <laughs> but I'm calling out around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning the older theaters yeah. that have been around for a while, or Broadway. Now, the crew gets in at 10 in the morning for load-in, right? And I get in for 4 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, 4.30, for sound check, right? We have it real easy. Uh, I mean, I'm usually doing press, but I'm not in the theater working. By the time I arrive there, the stairways to the dressing rooms and behind the stage all have foam pads, gaffers tape uh, oh, on the yeah, on the yeah, head yeah. things that say on them, watch it, pen, uh, all across everything. <laughs> Somebody on the crew, it's their job to, make to sure run around with their hand up and see where I'd hit my head and put foam gaffer's tape and a sign oh my god and believe me i've liked that many times but a lot of times i've hit that foam pad Ooh. but i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of labor intensive to stop to stop one idiot <laughs> from knocking himself unconscious you have someone spend a half an hour yeah a half an hour so one idiot doesn't bump his head. i wasn't even thinking of head injuries i was more just thinking, like you know your your family wants to like rent a kayak or something. Like the amount of times you must run into stuff just from your, like I basically I'm picturing you trying to fit into a capsule, and I'm just like, oh gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, my wife when she was young yeah. had a Fiat Spider, uh -huh. which is a kind of car. Yeah, yeah. And it, it meant a lot to her. Convertible, she really liked. So one extravagant uh, holiday before we had children, yeah, I bought her that exact car. The same one she had, not, no, not the self same car, but the same year model. and the same model, yeah. same year too. Okay. Fiat Spider. And I bought it for her. And then because I delivered it to, to her, you know, that it's in the driveway. Isn't that nice little bow on it? Really fancy ass thing to do. Like, a, like, and, like one of those Christmas commercials that we all. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. She wanted to take me for a ride and I, I couldn't fit in it. <laughs> I can't drive it. Yeah. No way to drive it, but I can't really even sit in it. I mean, we took it around the block. Yeah. And it was like, oh. Yeah. 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 So there's just stuff that you can't do, you know? Yeah. When I lost all that weight, I could all of a sudden do things I could never do before. A lot of things have cut off at 250. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah, certain yeah. roller coasters I could go on, but didn't want to. Yeah, right, right, right. It wasn't my reason for now losing Now you can zip weight. line down Fremont, but you're still not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could do that. Have you done any of those? Uh, we did one of the, uh, what's it called? The zipline? Ziplines. Zip yeah, yeah, yeah. We did one of the ziplines uh, at uh, at uh, the Rio. Right. We did the zipline at the Rio because we, we did a trick with um, Matt Franco. Yes. Matt Franco had us to do, he had a, uh, it was a pretty nice trick. He had a um, uh, couple come in and he took a dollar bill and he ripped it and, uh, we uh, said hi to them. Then we went on the zip line to the other place. And then we came back and uh, we had the the piece that had been missing. So it was a piece of a bill in an impossible location that we did with Matt Franco. And Penn yeah. Teller came in on the zip line. We had to shoot all these coverage. So Teller and I zip lined back and forth. And it was nice. The zip line. You zipped all day. We zipped all day. Yeah. Zipped all day. Uh, I got to tell you about something. You sure do. Uh, Masterclass. Yeah. You know, our particular commercials for Masterclass are kind of special because it says in here, what I have in my ad is uh, there is 
bright blue letters with brackets around it that says mention the course that you like the most. Pretty easy for me because the course I like the most is ours. Yeah. Penn and Teller teach a master class on magic and it's really good. Yeah. And you're in it too. I was going to say, you get the extra caveat of watching me suffer and almost pass out. And you get uh, Johnny Thompson. Yes. Piff the Magic Dragon. Jade. All in it. Yeah. All in it. And uh, it's really good. I mean, I we would have done okay. You know, if they just left us to do a, a class on magic, yeah. we would have done fine, but not this good. Yeah. Because they really send people in who really, really learn it, and they know the stuff. You know, that's what you got to do if you're directing and producing. Yeah. They learn the material and then help us know how to teach it. So we teach it to them sloppy, and then they learn to do it really, really well. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really good thing. And Ready Rich watches them all the time. What you been watching, Ready Rich? David Lynch. David Lynch, really? Teaches a course on directing. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw the wrong Does the Howard course one. go linearly? <laughs> That's the thing that I liked the most about it, was that I now have a, a newfound appreciation for what he's actually trying to do. I never understood it until this class. Oh, oh really? Wow. Oh, that's a really good one. What I should point out is when you, you don't buy the Penn and Teller Masterclass. No. You buy a subscription to Masterclass, and then you get everybody. And I mean everybody. I mean, the list of people they have is uh, astonishing. Spit out some of them there, uh, Ready Rich? Christina Aguilera, Gary Kasparov, Helen Mirren, Itzhak Perlman, Bob Woodward, and Hans Zimmer. The immersive learning experience cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned master. Like me. Yeah. Like me. Explore lessons in the order you'd like across your phone, uh, tablet, Apple TV, computer, approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length, but easily. And in addition to video lessons, Masterclass provides you with downloadable lesson recaps and supplemental materials like cooking classes come with beautiful cookbooks. And we have wonderful stuff with ours too, a nice PDF. So I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass as a Penn Sunday School listener you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash pen. That's masterclass.com slash pen for 15% off the masterclass. There's really good cooking ones. Yeah. I watched a basketball one. Yeah. I watched an astronaut one. There's stuff if you have dogs. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you if you don't, uh, even if you're not going to do it, yeah. you learn so much about it. I mean, a lot of people took our magic class. I didn't want to learn magic, but just that, that kind of thinking was something I wanted to learn. So check out Masterclass. Did you know that Lynch had wanted to become a surrealist painter? Uh, no. And that what he's really doing is applying surrealist painting to the format of film? I did not know that. And that made me understand everything. Sure. Good, good, good. good. So explain to me uh, quantum physics. <laughs> what I wanted to tell you was... Uh, Magic Goes Wrong, reopening in London. Oh, man. Uh, and they fixed it up. When I was sick with the COVID, you know, I had the COVID. Yes. When I was sick with the COVID, they were putting together new stuff. Now, when we first put together Magic Goes Wrong, this is weird. The Magic Goes Wrong guys have gotten to work with Penn and Teller, but really not together. Yes. Because Teller really had fucked up his back yeah. and couldn't go over. So the whole time, first time putting it in... um. I was over there uh, working with Ben Hart, who's a fabulous magician. And we worked a lot and I gave him a lot of stuff. And we worked, we, first of all, we wrote the whole thing together long ago, all of us. Right. 
you know, awe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the five of us really wrote it together with Johnny Thompson helping out a lot. Five of us wrote it together. But then when it went time to put it in, rehearsals and stuff, I was there without Teller. And I worked for a few weeks. And then they were changing some stuff around, putting in some new tricks and changing some characters around. And uh, I had the COVID. So Teller did not go over there, but he was in Zoom calls with them all the time. So the new show is in, in incredible shape. And it's opening, uh, what's it called? The West End? Yes. The West End in London. I got a big, it's at the Apollo Theater, I think. Oh, very at cool. At the Apollo Theater. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, I have to actually hold the information here. Yeah, it's live at the Apollo Theater. Um, I'm doing some promos for him. She'll be hearing this. You'll be hearing this on the radio if you're in England. Magic goes wrong live at the Apollo Theater. Book now to ensure disappointment. Um, we're doing a lot of that. So, uh, returning to the West End. Uh, so we've got, uh, uh, you can only apologize for the smoke, flashing lights, loud noises, partial nudity, fire, metal spike, lasers, arrogance, desperation, blood, broken glass, a live bear, falling objects, more pyrotechnics than are necessary, and a quantity of glitter that some may find offensive. <laughs> uh, that's the advertising I'll be doing. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's a really good show. I've had some friends see it uh, in, in the newest uh, incarnation and just, just love it. Um, those, you know, the wrong boys are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the whole wrong, uh, mischief theater is so wonderful. Yeah. The shows on Amazon. And then if you, uh, because it's not offered to me, if you want to be a prick, you can find the Robin Hood one somewhere on the internet uh -huh. and it's really, really good. Yeah. Really good. No, uh, Peter Pan. What did I say? Robin Hood? Yeah. I said Robin Hood. Yeah, I'm Peter dumb. Pan. Peter Pan. The Peter Pan one's really good too. Yeah. And of course, the original play that goes wrong is fabulous. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you, Magic Goes Wrong is really, really good. I'm so proud of it. And I never really had that experience of working on something and then having really talented people do it. Right. It's usually me doing it. Right. So having someone good do it is great. Yeah. So I watched it several times, and it's great to hear someone else deliver a line that you worked on and have it just kill. You're sitting there going, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. That's the... It's so fun to take full credit by yourself. It's great. Yeah. Even though they're doing all the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's really good. Yeah. And uh, it's a great show. So if you're over uh, in London, in the West End, near the Apollo Theater, go see Magic Goes Wrong. Uh, London is getting um, uh, more close to normal all the time. Yep. They've done vaccines and masks. And it's pretty. But when you flew to Austin, yeah. uh, how did you feel about traveling? Uh, I felt, like I said... I've been in airports a few times and it seems like every, I've been lucky. Every, I've had no pricks on my flight. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems really mass compliant and uh, you skip the, skip the snack and drink thing and just keep your mask on the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, so that part seems fine. And in the airports themselves, everything seems pretty okay there too. And then Brian's place is on the outskirts of Austin. So I wasn't in like any kind of big populated area or whatever. So if, for the most part, it feels, it feels okay. Um, well, I got my booster. You did? Yeah, I got my booster. So I've had, I've had three shots and COVID. So you're, you gotta be feeling good. I should be pretty safe now. Yeah. Although I'll tell you the booster shot, I was a little tired and my arm was sore. Yeah. 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 I guess if anything, like part of the reason why I pulled the trigger on Austin was also cause it feels hard. It, we, here is weird. That's where it's weird. We're in a hot zone. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a really hot zone. Yeah. And so here I'm friends with people who are ER nurses and stuff. And so. 
I wasn't eager to throw together a showcase here because I was like, I don't need to do, you know, for my friends who are headliners, there you you pay a lot of people. People rely on you for their their stay in their homes. Mm-hmm. I yes, get back to work, open up, make it as safe as possible, but get back to work. Yeah, we're we're pretty safe, I think. Yeah, I mean, people in the audience are all masked up. They're they're very compliant. Yeah, and people seem to feel safe and good. I mean, we had uh, eight hundred people in the theater last night, mm-hmm. and they seemed uh, comfortable. Yeah, and they were all well masked, and it seemed seemed good. Yeah. So part of me is I was like, when I get somewhere else, <laughs> it's like, it feels nice to not be in a hot zone. Well, well, Austin, technically, I think it was also having their own, their own troubles. Oh yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. Texas yeah. is not doing well. No, no, no. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the Confederacy teamed up with the virus. They're working yeah. with the virus now, not <laughs> against it. But I knew, uh, with the, uh, uh, we were all on the same page about having a, a mass and vaxxed policy. And then I knew the the following, Brian, Brian, Brian's following is, I knew, I was not worried about mm-hmm. that. And who, did anybody else perform with you at Austin? Andrew Heaton. Um, he's a, just a comedian. Mm-hmm. Holds a, he hosts a podcast called Friday Release Foul. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very funny where you preach him and comedians just bring up headlines and 25 minute episodes where you just make fun of stuff. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. Uh, and then uh, uh, the Jomo uh, Possum Posse, I think is what they were called. Very funny duo band comedy duo band in austin they're very funny mm-hmm. and if 50 people really loved you you reminded me i saw a sign in uh la this week in koreatown mm-hmm. it said on a business we don't discriminate on the basis of race sexual orientation gender identity or vaccination status fuck me really yeah so uh it's, it's everywhere oh fuck me Really, that's a really horrible sign. That is a horrible sign. Yep, terrible sign. Heartbreaking. I mean, I, I end up while I was while I, you know we're, while I was doing the uh, what I call the car wash. You're doing a bunch of different podcasts. One of them was a political podcast. Mm-hmm. Where I talked about Vegas, and one of the strange things is that like uh, gambling revenue went up for the first time in like decades during this. Oh, ordeal. really? Yeah, because you brought in more people who were gamblers. <laughs> Exactly. It turns out people have no problem not getting a vaccine aren't the best at calculating risk. <laughs> but all of the shifts of casinos and stuff have been towards resort stuff and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that, also show attendance got hurt by the same crowd. Yeah, right? you did. Because paying anywhere from 90 to 200 something dollars for a ticket, just not, not that same group. Mm-hmm. So it's like regardless of, you know, the politics of vaccination itself, the long-term health of vegas is a vaccinated plan right of course you know, yeah like that's what's going to make this town recover better mm-hmm. long term is 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 by pushing for vaccinations and i think we're lucky that even though that we're not texas it seems like the businesses the governor and even most of the people working in the hospitality industry seem to actually all be on the same page about it yeah we're doing we're doing much better on the vaccinations than yeah we yeah uh you know uh i was doing just fool us open yeah. Uh, had the show Friday night. I've been doing press and stuff, you know, so I went yeah. on a few shows. So I went on TMZ with uh, Harvey and yeah. that, that show, TMZ Live or something. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because they um, they were supposed to be showing clips from Fool Us. It asked me about Fool Us, but all they cared about was the vaccine uh, clip from Bullshit because it's been going around like crazy. Yeah. It's us with the ping pong balls yeah. and the shield. It was the thing that mostly Godot wrote. 
and um, uh, I, I list all the lists of things. And they said, it was really funny because they didn't even think of, wow, you did this like 10 years ago. How were you, how were you pro-vaccine 10 years ago? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I list all the disease. There's mumps, rubella. I do, yeah. I do all that. And I said, I don't mention COVID. But of course, if I had, there's, there's some morality issues <laughs> if I'd known about COVID. And yeah. they asked me, you know, I, I was um, usually, uh, I tell you, usually when I finish doing an interview, I spend usually two minutes um, in discomfort mm-hmm. with things that I said that I wasn't happy with. Right. Right. But I actually spent after the TMZ thing, uh, was it, maybe it was the other interview, a Daily Blast. Is that another show? Daily, oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, another television show. It might have been on there that they said, yeah, you know, Vegas is in, uh, in trouble. What would you say, people, to people? To help them magically get vaccinated, what 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 could you do to do that? And the answer I gave, I was actually happy with. Uh-huh. I said, I don't want to add to this. There shouldn't be people talking about vaccinations who are not qualified, and I'm not qualified, so I won't say anything about whether you should get vaccinated or not because I'm not qualified. I'm a magician. I should shut up. All I'll say is find out what percentage of doctors are vaccinated and make your decision based on that because they know what they're doing. Nice. I went, oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. God damn, that's a good answer. Yeah. Get vaccinated, assholes. You know, I didn't throw <laughs> that at the end. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the things that uh, I talked about on this uh, with uh, Justin Robert Young, the host of the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, basically the, like, I think one of the biggest, um, the biggest weird turns is taken as we kind of want science to prevail. Politics just showed up in my bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) The PX3 for short. Um, Is treating breakthroughs as failures. You know, breakthrough cases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakthrough cases where where you didn't have to go to the hospital and you didn't, you weren't, your life was on the line is not a part of the failure of vaccinations is definitely part of the success. Of That's part of the success. No doubt about it. And uh, we're treating breakthroughs like this boogeyman of like, uh Oh, well, what I'm worried about, and I'm only worried about this because I'm stupid. I can't predict the future, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting point. I've been reading more and more stuff about how, when we go back yeah. and look at something and say, we could figure out why that happened. That is a really dangerous thing to do. Oh, it yes. Applies you could have known at the time, the time, and you can't know. Yeah. The information isn't even there. It's not that you couldn't figure it out. It's that the information is not there. It's not TV mysteries. Right. We don't know. But, you know, there's this pill coming out that um, that Merck's got or something uh-huh. that's, a, that's an incredible pill that if you get it early in uh, COVID with your symptoms and you pop these pills, you don't die, and COVID is much lighter. Right. right? And uh, it's going to be a huge breakthrough. It, it, it stops deaths really heavy. Wow. And I'm thinking, uh, well, this is a great thing, but is this going to be used against the vaccinations? Like, like the, people like say. Like monoclonal bags. And those yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how you can not trust the vaccination and trust every other fucking thing in the world. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't trust vaccinations, but I'll certainly dance naked under a full moon and drink snake oil. Yeah. But if there's this pill, I'm not going to die 
So I don't have to worry about the vaccination. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I think it's just that it's that caring for others thing. Yeah. You know. Which we haven't, haven't had a lot of success with. That's what's the craziest thing about it. All the arguments for not getting vaxxed are all individual and says nothing about protecting people around you. Yeah, yeah. And that, that I do think that's important. Yeah. I do think I, I share your fear that. with the Merck pill. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's here because I was talking again. It's talking saving lives. So that's good. Yeah. Because we're at like what? 700 grand now. Yeah. Right? 700,000 people have died from this motherfucker. Yeah. So now we beat the flu in the early 20th century. Yeah. So, Jesus. So we'll hit a million, won't we? I hope not. Only of course you hope not. I wasn't <laughs> saying I hope so. That's not what I was saying. Oh, boy, we're going to hit a million. You, you, I wasn't saying that. You clearly wanted to bet it. I heard it in your voice. You would have bet me. Uh, I mean, death rates are going down now at the end of this wave, whatever. The, but, but, but again, it's a clockwork, not because of effort. <laughs> Scientists are like, the way waves work, it'll go down at this time. And we sure that's, that's what's going on. They say that the Delta wave will be over by Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I just said that and have no idea what it means. No. No idea. But, uh, so I hope, I hope we don't hit a million. I hope we don't. I, 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 now you're blaming me. No, no, no. You're I'm gonna just hit a million. You're going to say. I'll clarify. Oh, yeah, Penn. I you got what you wanted. I apologize. Yeah. As the only person on this podcast who hopes we don't hit a million. <laughs> I'm going for 1.2, man. <laughs> We got in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, it's, uh, we've been living with this thing a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, I was gonna say, I was talking to, talking to my friend who's an ER nurse and has just been on the front line of this forever mm -hmm. at two different hospitals. And, um, yeah, it, it is not, uh, it is not a nuanced, uh, thing. He just said, he said, he goes, look, you and I, we're going to get COVID at some point. If we haven't gotten already, you're going to get it. I'm going to get it and we're going to live. Because we're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And people come here and they're going to die. And he's is like, and there's a nut. And he's like, and it's only a matter of whether we hook them up to machines that make them live longer, only to make the decision fall on someone in their family down the road to, to pull one of the three machines that we've hooked them up to off. But that's the way it goes. And I was like, and he said, and all these, and this thing, this Merck pill is the first one, but he says, all these other things that people are crying for, ivermectin, monoclonal bags, or whatever, there's not, not in any way. You know, it's it's doctors and nurses' job to try to administer things, medicine, with the hopes you get better. But I'm telling you right now, it's just if you're vaccinated, you're going to live. If you're not vaccinated, you might die. That's what that's the only thing that's happening in hospitals. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It is a it is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, but they're hurting all the rest of us while they're doing it. Yes. So it's really you get a lot of bang for your buck. Not only do you get to die, you also get to hurt other people. Yeah, and that's the thing that, that the irony that drives me crazy, that people are like, just open up everything, who cares, no mask, whatever. It's like, that, that cry is to make life go back to normal. And it's the vaccinated path that gets things closest to, to some kind of normal, yeah, not yeah, yeah. the other way. Okay, but we've said that same thing. I know. For I know. years Listen and years. And uh, it's nothing new. It's just that I'm the only one who doesn't want us to hit a million. So I feel like I have to keep <laughs> talking about it until... You're really pushing that uphill, man. No one's with you. No one's with you. I alone don't want it to hit a million. You're fine with 950. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just stay right <laughs> under that. Oh, damn. The millionth person just died. Fuck. I lost 20 bucks. Okay. What else? You have any shows coming up? 
Yeah, uh, uh, October 21st through the 24th at the Downtown Grand on Fremont Street. Oh boy. There's a place called House of Magic. It's a comedy club, but their 6 p.m. show is a magic show. Uh -huh. So 6 p.m. Uh, on those four so days. they got a comedy club called House of Magic? Just the show itself is called House oh, okay. of Magic. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And then they go to whatever the comedy thing is called that I'm not into. House of Giggles. Name. House of Giggles. Milk Through the Nose Club. <laughs> <laughs> From there, uh, yeah. Teehees. The, the uh, 20, 21st to the 24th. Uh, then I'm back at the uh, Prestige uh, Theater in West Jordan, Utah, first weekend of November, second week of November. That's a dining thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, but the, I'm not in the parlor with the with the big meal. I'm in the actual stage, ah. the stage place. They have two venues and then the stage one, which I really like. I'm Good. just playing that date. And then uh, first time they're doing a show, Elkton Magic Theater. I'm the first show in Elkton, Maryland. You, you're opening it? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. How it big is. a theater? It's a, it's a, it's a small theater. It's like a, uh, a, a hundred seater. Oh, good. But I'm doing two shows Friday, Saturday in, uh, North Maryland, Elkton, uh, theater. And who's doing, I mean, how did that come about? Twitter. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Guy was opening up and says, Hey, I'm open with this magic theater. I'm looking for people. Do you know people who do magic like you on the East coast that would want to do a theater this size? And I said, I have a brother who lives in Maryland. So I am that magician. <laughs> I, I thought when you first said that, yeah. you said, uh, you were going to say, I have a brother looks in Maryland that looks just like me <laughs> and does my same act. Does like Gallagher too. Gallagher too. too. My noodler too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. So that, that's the, and I have other ones, but that's good. Good, good, good. Okay. Well, uh, that was Spence Sunday School. Cha, cha, cha. You become naked. Now, what did it take? Uh, it took like four months for you to learn to open your computer during this. Are you ready for the thank you? <laughs> Is that how long that took? And it bothers you, right? It bothers you that I figured this out? You just sit there with your mouth open. Just blow up. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to do this. Now you're ready. Watch how, I'll watch how you fly through these. Not even the slightest, slightest verbal. <laughs> you know, we love you. Who do you want to thank there, Matt? The following people who all can explain to me the plot of Mulholland Drive. Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Michael Howard, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Steve Volcano, Jim the 22-year Naked Magician, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you. I think Ofux on the chat has solved your recurring nightmare. He's going to break it for you. You're going to the moon to set juggling records. Okay, that's why I'm getting on there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now that you have a goal, it's going to break that dream. Uh, there you go. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.